Starting Cast, a podcast about making a podcast. Hello, strangers, and welcome to Starting Cast, the show where I learn how to make a podcast, and you can all listen if you choose. I am Ogie O'Reilly. Welcome to the show. Anyone who's interested in podcasts, really, I kind of ramble on and talk about other podcasts I like from time to time. So I go through lessons from Udemdity, which is an online course thing that would teach you like programming and stuff. But I'm using their podcast masterclass and I'm solely going through the lessons. On this week's lesson will be uh, setting up schedules for interviews and interview tips. Let's get into it. So this lesson is called Speed Up Your Interview Scheduling. Philip here is recommending a program called Calendly, which I assume stands for Calendarly, where you can basically put in your schedules and it will sync up a time that's free for both you and your interviewee. Because as I say, they might be a writer, so they're probably busy they might only have a, a small window of time to talk to you. And obviously, if you're an unemployed man that records a podcast in his car, you probably have very little time as well. You're not time rich. It would be very difficult to line up a specific time for an interview. So this is where this program, Calendly, comes in. Unsurprisingly, Calendly is not totally free. There's a free version, but then you can get advanced features on top of that for more money a month but Phil's saying that he's a big fancy youtuber and is happy enough with the free version it seems to do everything he needs so first off once you've made an account you just fill out in the form for your event what it is who you are said we colors time and date that sort of stuff nothing very unusual so far it appears that you can either set a very specific time he sets we 60 minute blocks because his podcast is 60 minutes. But he's saying what he likes to do is just let them say what time and date suits them. So he just sort of sends them a link. And on his thing, it'll just say, oh, I'm free and such and such. Seems handy enough for interviewees, especially if you're doing a lot. I'm sure at the start, you're happy just to get anybody. But later on, it's like, you know, you're dealing with so many people, it can get confusing. So I guess this digitizes it and organizes it for you so you can just glance and say, okay, I'm interviewing those three people this week and you know exactly what time and day they'll be there. You can basically set very specific parameters for wherever, whenever you're not available. You can just basically, you know, I'm not working weekends, so they won't be able to organize a time to, to be interviewed at a weekend because you're busy. He's shown fine tuning, like you could set yourself a lunch hour. So on Tuesdays, I'm off for an hour, I'm away for lunch. Don't book that time. So basically an online organizer where you can be quite specific with your times and then throw that up to someone else and they can pick a time that suits the both of you because they could only apply for time frames that are open, which means that they're free for you. These are the times that suit me and you pick whenever it suits you. A bit like uh, booking a flight. 
obviously they can't not all the flights are always available at all the times so you just pick which one suits you that they have available something similar to that you can also have we think like they're asked questions automatically so what's your email address what's your skype and maybe what sort of questions you might ask them here's a few basic ones i ask everybody so they have a bit of heads up and can prepare something decent for some of the more well whatever question whatever question you would like to ask like them to have a heads up about you can use this calendarly calendly for other things not just podcasts so he's saying that if you were a tutor say you can set up a payment wherever they're they might be able to pay you for an hour's worth of tutoring for instance but i guess any sort of thing where you're meeting people all around the world or just down the road you might struggle to get linked up so you can just throw them this this is when i'm free and you can pay me here you fill it all out so i guess it just sort of it's like a little personal assistant you fill out the forms the once and then everyone else can work from that one link you just throw it up to them they can say when they're free and if they can pay you if needs be one nice thing about this website is if you're setting it up yourself let's say back and forth you might forget <laughs> you might say to yourself oh yeah 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 i'll remember next monday at five o'clock i'm meeting hulk hogan he's gonna skype me but if it's just back and forth over instagram or whatever messenger service over email well you might just it might kind of disappear from your mind but with this you basically send them that link and then they get like a wee menu of when you're free and then once they fill it out and say yeah yeah i'm good for that date you know you get like an official email reminder that has like it's like a wee um receipt essentially sort of helps to lodge it in your mind that this is an event and you can set it up with reminders on your phone so it just makes it a bit more official there's a bit more of a paper trail you're less likely to just sort of go just to forget about it which is nice so it does have advantages i was kind of thinking why would you bother with that but if you can be a bit forgetful it's definitely very useful now unsurprising that you can do this but it is very useful if you have calendars from other applications so let's say you have calendars from apple or google calendar google events you will be able to sync your google calendar up with calendarly automatically it'll know certain days to block off that you're not free i assume the people don't see what you're doing on those dates it just blanked out yeah they just get like uh, lots of little circles when they get a link it just comes up as we circles that are available it doesn't go into detail of it doesn't even show the days that you're not available if you're only available fridays it'll just have like every friday of for the whole year will pop up for them let's say nine to five and they just go okay that friday on may will suit me it does have a lot of nice things you can just sort of set it up i guess once you put you put the work in for that one thing sync it up with your calendar application you could pretty much just keep sending them out you could even just send it out 
you could go. I've seen there's a a, um, a subreddit on Reddit uh, for, to get interviewees for podcasts. So you could really just send that out to the wild and see who fills it out and interview from there. So it does seem quite robust. You could just let it go wild and see who wants to be interviewed on your podcast. So yeah, the the syncing feature is quite nice. Yes, that Calendly does seem useful. I don't know if I'll ever set it up. I know I'm just talking about how good it is. I might set it up just for the lulls and just say here sometimes it suit me to maybe use it and see how it is but I might use it I might not but if if you get any sort of headroom I could see that being very useful because currently I'm getting no listeners <laughs> but if I'm interviewing people once a week and obviously the way you do it is one week you might interview three four people and then you can stagger those for weekly episodes you know work really hard one week so you can have a holiday the next for instance or you're just it's maybe you're just interviewing yourself but yeah definitely a useful thing to know about and it seems to work pretty well on to the next lesson this next lesson is back with phil and he's giving uh, tips for interviewing guests one tip i have off the bat this is how you big brained i am you can if they're not answering a lot very if they're giving you short answers you can hit them with just lots of questions just keep them questions coming another thing i'm going to guess is if some it depends on the person but if someone's of a certain prestige they're they're just keep talking just keep just let them talk like um richard herring recently interviewed michael palin just let michael palin say what he wants don't cut him off obviously these also he did another one with um brian blessed which is someone i think um it's hard to ask him a question he kind of just does his own thing he's quite a, a unique gentleman hit them with lots of questions if they're not talking and if they are talking don't interrupt them obviously it might be different if they're a politician because you want to pin them with a certain question and you don't want them just saying the same old mantra so today's second lesson is interviewing tips first thing phil has said is make sure everything's working at your end it is bad manners i guess and it just looks it looks unwell it looks it reflects badly on yourself if you inter- try to get someone on and then your mic's bad or you don't record your end or the internet's bad you know if imagine you're doing someone a favor oh i'm helping someone out in this little podcast and then oh it feels like a, a an insult because that also could be the problem it might seem like you can't quite communicate to them so it'll seem like you were rude when you didn't intend to be. So yeah, just make sure make sure everything's working at your end. Second one is do research, which makes sense. I find it's weird on Richard Herring's probably going to come up a lot here because he's he's the most prolific interviewer that I'm listening to. He has a common thing is if someone's a big celebrity, he will look up the the very first thing they did or the, a very obscure thing they did and say, "Oh, the reason you're all here is because of this wee small 
project they did when they were 15, let's say. It's always sort of flummoxed them. They keep, they'll say like, how did you know that? And all he does is really read the Wikipedia page and go to the IMDb. And quite often they're like, how did you know that? And he's like, I just read your Wikipedia. It would suggest a lot of people don't do basic research. Like if you are, if your guest is big enough to have a Wikipedia page, say, read it. <laughs> just say, I don't know. Do people do, I don't know if they get very focused and they focus on what book they did and reviews that book got. Like always give their Wikipedia a go. But it can be trickier if it's a smaller guest. Like I might get a local voiceover actor. He said he showed interest, so obviously he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. If they do, do your best to read it. And as I say, that's a nice thing. Look for wee small obscure things. Because it always gets a question like, how did you know about that? And then they have they have a wee funny story and they're quite... Cause People like talking about themselves. They'll have a, a wee funny story about that very first thing and they quite often are happy to talk about it. No one's asked them about this wee student project or a show they were in that was a complete flop that everyone's forgot about. So yeah, do your research is an obvious one. Don't just think, <laughs> I have a habit, I might, I don't know. For some job interviews you're like, I can just wing it and be grand. And no, you don't get the job. Before they're on, the third tip is have a little chat. I guess it can break the ice and you can maybe get a little bit of a flow. Even if you're not getting on great, you'll find a wee bit of a, okay, this is how this person works. Also, you can just explain, I'll chat to you for half an hour and I'll ask you questions about your up and coming book. I don't know why I keep saying books. Your up and coming building project. You're a top engineer and you've got a big bridge coming up. I'm going to talk to you for so long. And also, I guess it's nice just for them to see what you're like, because they might not know you from Adam or Eve. Good tip that Richard Herring does not do is um, you can ask them what sort of intro would you like, which Phil pointed out. Their research, you, their Wikipedia page might be outdated or whatever online information you're getting might be old. And they could be currently working on some big new fancy project that A might be really big and then oh that boy did a, a podcast about it a year before it went big and then you might get back not backlash um, upwind uh, fame from it secondly um, I can just get them in a good mood quite often you don't you know I think maybe just you know political ones you might be of different opinions and you're joisting back and forth but for most pod most interviewees I think you're generally on good terms. If you can have an intro that keeps them happy, but it also keeps things up to date and it might stop you missing something important. So yeah, ask them. It does give them, obviously they might tell you where to go, but just say, what wee intro would you like me to use? The next step is listen, be interested in your guest, genuinely, which makes sense. We'll go back to the ice hockey analogy. If you're really into ice hockey and you're talking to someone, that used to play ice hockey, you're going to be naturally interested. But if you get someone completely irrelevant, you're uh, not paying attention, I don't really understand what he means. You're thinking about, okay, this interview is over. You know, you're thinking beyond the questionnaire. So it does help to get interviewees that you genuinely like because then you'll listen to them. And if you're engaged in what they're saying, it's much more likely A, to be a good podcast and B, it's something that the audience will be engaged with 
pay attention like this is your job or your hobby it's been they've taken time out to be on your podcast you need to pay attention no zoning out and nodding and saying mm-hmm we'll cut to my interviews later on and it'll just be me going mm-hmm mm-hmm pay attention be respectful and be interested yeah have questions is the next tip which makes total sense he's saying that if you do kind of zone out and stop paying attention you can just go okay look at the questions and ask the next question it makes total sense have a load of questions and you might get some of them answered i feel like when you critique something you're in your comfort zone your mind is totally focused totally relaxed on the tv show say but when you're on a set organizing things your mind is full and you're in a strange environment and there's strange people around you can be very difficult to keep the same critical on the couch mindset when you are in the middle of making something so that's where questions written down beforehand can help so when you do get muddled you have a wee safety net but it also just makes total sense to have all your questions because then you can research them and put time into them and then use them in the interview he's saying that don't let them ramble too long which i may have got wrong which yeah they can maybe go in circles or just be um saying how great they are so you can with the question you can feel like oh one's question's answered they've gone on a bit far and we'll just cut this next one the next tip is follow-up questions i think this means is not questions that you had pre-written ones outside of that so if they start talking about something and you generally don't know what they're talking about say oh can you explain what is that building what do they do there because if you don't know it it's a good there's a good chance that your audience don't know it hit them with lots of little mini questions i guess or questionlets throughout the interview just sort of instead of here's the written question and then they ramble on for a bit and go oh what do you do there and what does that machine do and just follow up questions throughout the their big answer essentially another tip is ask questions that a you feel your audience would like asked or ask your audience what they'd like to be asked i know maybe there might be an overlap but let's say i was interviewing blind boy boat club so he's now doing very well from his podcast but he was in a band called the rubber bandits that had a very big hit horse outside for instance if you were just to ask the general public ask me questions a huge number of people will just be asking about that one song which he kind of i don't know think he hates the song but he hated how people would just come to gigs and just want that one song like they might want it five seven times while other people were genuinely enjoyed the band and like their other song might be something huge that sort of mainstream people want to hear but you could maybe filter that out and be like oh from what i've read a lot of their fans would like to know x and i asked your audience what would what would they like to know and then you can filter it there will always be silly questions and rude questions but you can see which relevant one because there, there's quite often a lot of stuff you don't um, consider or know about especially if they're people that are aware of that person or maybe not a fan of their work so they can ask nice wee minute questions 
they're doing work for you for free essentially but to them they're happy to get that question answered ask your audience and what do you think your audience would want to know uh, phil's final tips are relax enjoy it and have some water remember you can always sort it in editing and if it goes disastrous you can just not put the episode out might be difficult as i say with book reviews maybe you're under contract i don't know they've said oh we'll give you people to interview if you always put them out but you can always just not put it out oh sorry there was technical difficulties or i just didn't feel that worked so relax try to enjoy it and don't get too uptight is phil's final final thoughts on interviewing strangers This week I've decided to cut things down to once a week. I just wanted to get a couple of podcasts going to A, get my head around how to uh, make a podcast. And secondly, I think it looks bad if you go to somebody's podcast and they only have one or two podcasts. So I thought, also some there was a day there I worked 12 hours and I, it just oh, it sickened me. I was really fed up with it. I just think you can put too much effort into something that's not getting nobody's listening to this <laughs> you know so i should treat it light treat it as a wee hobby and not get too bogged down with it because if i go too mad at it i'll a not get anywhere and b just put myself off which isn't much use to anybody that's why i've decided to just cut it down to once a week and that gives me flexibility because i can record in one day edit and then schedule i think thursdays seems to be a popular day to upload i'm not sure why maybe because it's just ahead of friday and then you get a nice weekend lift as well once a week should be happy enough but since the last podcast i've got big into youtube again i used to make wee silly videos but i think i got greedy i made a video for team fortress 2 you know, you just edit together different wee publicity videos together and make new meaning and uh, quite often you're just nabbing jokes that they had. Like you can strip their audio files and find what certain characters said so you can insert that into videos and do all sorts. It's all very silly. But the first one of those I did, did pretty well. Pretty well for a nobody. It got like a couple, a couple of thousand um, views. This was like 10 years ago. So I did another one the next day and it, it didn't get over a thousand and it was like, hmm. But obviously if I had started then, maybe I would be a big fancy YouTuber now, who knows. But um, it just sort of mm, deflated me. But I do enjoy editing, so I thought I would get back into it. So I looked up what games are going to be the, you know, what what's the hot game? What's going to be the next big game? And it's one called Brawl Stars. It's actually all right, but it's a very microtransaction-y uh, loot box sort of thing. Loot boxes, for those who don't know, is, it's basically gambling for children. There's a chance you could get a rare, strong character or item in the game. It's just like any gambling, there's a percentage. So let's say there's 0.5% chance of you getting this character, which then means, you know, you'd have to open maybe 200 to get that character and then each of these wee boxes they give you ones for free for leveling up but you can just buy them i don't know how much they are let's say they're pounds so that's 200 pound for that odds obviously you might get lucky which 
a lot of the videos on it is people, adults, overreacting. Oh my god, what could I get? And you see the wee animation. Oh, I got the really rare one. Oh, it's that brilliant. So I don't like that aspect of it, but the game itself's nice. It's also fun going from something like Call of Duty, which I've been playing a lot of, which kind of stresses you. you you're so annoyed in the game when you get killed you get sent to prison and you have to fight a one-on-one -on -one fight with someone else so you're kind of angry you got killed and then you're like now i have to do this so it's nice going from that which can be quite um salty is the term you just get really bitter and uh, come from that to this other game i made a video and it got me salty and angry i, <laughs> I spent ages on it Mostly I wanted to learn how to video edit with a professional thing. I used to just use Windows Movie Maker and that's a very basic one and people laugh at you. So I went, I'm going to get a, see what's the good one these days. And there's one called DaVinci, which is made by a company that make cameras and stuff. So they have a free version that gives quite a lot, more than I'll ever need. There's a few wee effects they don't give you, but everything there, everything you need, way more than a, an amateur like me can handle. So I just wanted to learn it for the, do you remember I did the podcast cover art where I critiqued it and I thought, oh, it'd be nice just to do a wee visual thing for that. So I thought getting back into YouTube would help me figure out to make that video. But, oh, I was just... Basically, you stick a lot of memes in is the main thing. You can have your own wee jokes, but just a game that I hadn't played much. I didn't have much passion. I didn't understand. And it just, it, it just, it, it just, it, it just went on. It just was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I've figured out how to organize when you're putting in the main video and then other videos on top of that, a nice order. So things don't get jumbled up. It still has a few wee characteristics like if I'm deleting, if I cut off one wee bit of audio and I say I just want that gone, it'll delete other bits of video to match it. I think so the timeline's nice but it's like no no I don't mind the timeline not being nice because this is irrelevant. It does have wee things like that, wee quirks and characteristics but there was one involving tracking. If you've heard of the coffin song in Uganda they do very um I don't know if they all do it. There's they, there's one undertakers, uh, pallbearers that do like little dances as they carry the coffin, and it's become it's a bit of a meme at the minute. So I popped that meme in, and I thought, oh, I'll have the person in the game that I've just killed. I'll have their name on the coffin, and I'll just bob, and that'll look nice. So to do that, you have to do tracking. I did the tracking first bit perfect. The wee square, or the wee X, that shows where it's tracking. I clicked the bit on the coffin, and as the video played, it tracked the coffin perfectly. And then I do everything the tutorial said, where I pop in the name of the person. And for whatever reason, it tracked it in what I'd call a sarcastic manner. It was like everything was exaggerated. And then it like pushed off the screen and it froze for a second. It's so, there's a thing called the uncanny valley when something, when computer graphics are a robot, they look really like a human, but because they look so close, they end up looking creepy and everything with them that isn't right just irritates you. 
I think that's what's happened with this. It would look better if I just didn't do it, but I was so stubborn and like, I have to learn how to do this right. And then I just got so sick with it and I, it just, it got me down. So the tracking on that just, it just irritated me how, how close to, cause it was tracking, it was tracking something. I would just love to know what I was doing wrong cause it just fried my head. And after that, the whole project, I lost love for it entirely. I did what I wanted to do, which I have a very basic understanding of DaVinci for editing. So I can just do cuts and I can change the audio, cut wee bits out, add in layers on top of that. I was able to do green screens so you can have like one thing on top of the original footage. What I set out to do, I achieved, but when I uploaded it, because I'd got a couple of hundred at least from those other videos I'd done years ago, I kind of thought, if I do this, I'll at least get 50 or 100 and from that I can get an audience and get feedback and work from there. I got three people and one of those is me so I was like I spent all day on that and like, I, like 50 I was like 50 and a couple of comments I can work with that I'm happy I'm not greedy but three and then I did one the next or two days later and it got 11 views, so I'm getting better. But I'm trying not to, I might sound silly, not to work too hard on them because they are just hobbies and you do put yourself off. You kind of, I don't know, I expect too much too soon. I've bought another game and I'm gonna do some recording with it. So mostly that's what I've been at is video editing. And I'm, it was almost like I was so in video editing mode that the idea of a podcast is like, I can't even, my brain can't even process podcasting anymore. But it does make using Audacity seem easier. But obviously I'm only still doing it very basically, just chopping it up, cutting bits out that are ugly. And I have found the phase in and phase out effects, effects. So hope, some, I know they still do horrible cuts where I'm mashing in the middle of one in the middle of the other sentence together. I will try to reduce that to get a nicer flow going. So yeah, mostly video editing. And I was talking to someone else who was working on recording studios and stuff. So I might get him as a guest. He does voiceovers a lot and singing. And then I was talking to, not really talking, a local comedian I'd seen on YouTube has a podcast. And I was saying, oh, I've uploaded it to reddit what you did there and he goes i don't really get reddit so i might chat to him uh, maybe he could be a guest who, who knows he has a comedy series you know it's him and an, an english man and they have comedians on who knows that might be two guests i've lined up i'll need to pop them into it is such a horrible name it's like udemdity um it's like calendarly 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 just say calendar and then Lee. So yes, that's what I've been at. Hope you've enjoyed it. Today's episode was about organizing podcasts and podcast tips. Basically, Calendarly lets you say when you're free, send that email or send that website off to someone else and they can book you like an airline, which sounds really bad. 
they can clearly see when you're free and say, oh, that Tuesday will do me. And podcasting tips. Prepare, be polite, be professional, have everything ready, ask your audience what questions to ask, and get someone you're interested in and be engaged. Hopefully I've learnt all those things. Thank you for listening. As I say, it's a very small pool, so any listeners, you are incredible to me. You can contact me by commenting underneath wherever you find this, or sending a email to ogieoreilly at gmail.com. Ciao, ciao.